Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is 2 Corinthians 6. Well, like many of you, I am sure, when I was younger, I had braces. And as a part of that orthodontic process, uh, there was another thing they put in uh, kind of my upper mouth that I remember them calling an appliance. And the idea was they needed to widen my bite. My dentist, who also just so happened to be my Sunday school teacher, uh, he told my parents he has big teeth but a small mouth. That's why he's going to need some orthodontic work. And he added the comment to my parents about my having a small mouth that you would never guess that by listening to me in Sunday school. While that may have felt like criticism at the time, I think the years have borne out, okay, that was a fairly accurate statement. But I needed some work done on my mouth. And so they had to widen my bite. And so when they would stick that key in and twist it, it's pushing out. And that was not comfortable when they didn't. It wasn't like it was extremely painful or anything like that, but it was not comfortable. Well, you may not need braces, and we're not talking about orthodontic work, but we're going to read a passage that talks about widening something and widening your heart. Do you want to be a part of what we just read about in chapter 5 and the couple chapters before that? Do you want to be a part of the ministry of reconciliation? Do you want to be an ambassador for Christ? Well, let me just tell you, your heart on your own is too small for that. Your heart is not big enough for what it's going to cost to be a part of the ministry of reconciliation. And so you need to widen your heart and you need to have the realization that's not always going to be comfortable, widening your heart. And you're going to see an example of that here in 2 Corinthians 6. Remember, we just saw him talking about being an ambassador and talking about making an appeal to be reconciled to God. And you see the continued urgency of that in the beginning of chapter 6. Working together with him then, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in a favorable time, I listened to you. And in a day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. And then from there, as he makes that appeal to them, he goes on to talk about his attitude and his actions working towards that appeal, that he puts no obstacle in anybody's way, but he commends himself. And and look at the things that commend Paul here. Great endurance, afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love by truthful speech and the power of God with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left through honor and dishonor, through slander and praise. We are treated as impostors and yet true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold we live, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing yet possessing everything. So here he talks about the things that he is willing to go through so that people might come to know Christ, so that this ministry of reconciliation might be advanced. 
And then he says in verse 11, we have spoken freely to you, Corinthians. Our heart is wide open. And then he goes on to tell them they need to widen their hearts as well. Well, That's the main idea I want you to get from the reading today is you're going to need to widen your heart if you want to be part of the ministry of reconciliation. Are you ready for the sake of leading people to Christ? And also, again, Paul is writing this to a church. So there's a lot of overlap between evangelism and discipleship. Uh, really leading someone to, to follow Christ that may be involved sharing the gospel with them, or as they make a profession of faith, it could involve discipling them and investing in them and teaching them more about what we believe and what the Bible says and what it looks like to follow Christ. In order to do that, are you willing to face afflictions? I mean, let's just pick out one here. I mean, are you willing to go to prison to serve in ministry? That one, you may say, yes, but that may seem maybe more far-fetched for you, maybe in your cultural context. So let's try this one. How about sleepless nights? Are you willing to lose sleep to invest in evangelism or discipleship? Are you willing to do that? Or are you eager to pursue purity so that you may be a more faithful minister of reconciliation to say, Hey, I'm going to do the work of saying no to sin in my life so that I may be a clean vessel for the Lord. Or how about what comes uh, next there? Knowledge. Are you willing to do hard work to do things like read and study and learn more so that you might be more effective in teaching others what it means to follow Christ because you are eagerly learning and working on that? Are you willing to do that? Or what about some of the other things? Truthful speech, he mentions. Saying the truth to people is not always easy. Sometimes that is very hard. Or here's another thing. Do you want to be a part of the ministry of reconciliation? Well, then get ready to be dishonored and get ready to be slandered. Now, yes, if you are faithful in ministry, there will be times where you are honored. There will be times when you are praised, but there will also be times when you are slandered and there will be times when you are dishonored. Are you ready for that? And that's what then leads us to the end. How are you going to get ready for that? Widen your heart. What we've been talking about here are the actions. I'm willing to lose sleep. I'm willing to work hard and learn. I'm willing to pursue purity. I'm willing to speak truth. I'm willing to be mistreated. Why? Because I love people. Because my heart is wide open to other people. If you want to be a part of the ministry of reconciliation, you're going to have to put other people and their needs above your own. That is critical. Is that not the chief example of Jesus Christ, that he loved the world and he came into the world. And we see this used even in Philippians 2, that great passage describing what Jesus went through and becoming a man. This is the truest expression of love. And we are commanded to love as Christ loved. And so if you are involved in the ministry of reconciliation, and so that could involve you out in the world as you're interacting with people in your family, in your workplace, in your community. That can also involve just the work of ministry within your church. How wide is your heart? However wide it is, I can guarantee you, it needs to be wider. 
We, we should our whole life long seek to continually widen our hearts. At some point, you, you get the braces off, that work is over. The heart work that we need to seek to do uh, will never stop until we are at home in the Lord. So that's what I want you to think about today. Widen your heart. Think about the people around you that need to hear the gospel. How much do you really care about them? Think about going to church. Do you really care about the people there? Enough that you would lose sleep, enough that you would work hard to learn, enough that you would put up with mistreatment from them to continue to serve them in the cause of the gospel. These are things we need from this passage. And and again, that fits with the whole tone of 2 Corinthians, such an encouraging book. And also a very realistic book. If you want to serve the Lord, it will not be easy, but it will be worth it. And 2 Corinthians, I think, is one of the strongest books to really show us that in the entire Bible. Now, the end of the chapter touches on a bit of a different theme. It says in verse 14, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. And having spent years in youth ministry, it seems that the most common application of this uh, passage today is in youth groups saying, hey, don't date non-Christians. Now, I do think that's a valid application of this principle, but if you look at it, it's clearly something broader. He's saying, don't be unequally yoked. And the image there is of, you know, oxen in the field and they are kept together by a yoke. And if one ox is trying to go one way and the other's trying to go the other way, it is not going to work. And you trying to yoke yourself to someone that's not a believer, that's not going to go well either. Now, it doesn't give us the exact specifics of what kind of things Paul was talking about when he writes this. I do think probably it had something to do with Especially in spiritual matters, we should not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. We should not be trying to partner with them in spiritual things. And you see, there's this call to be separate from them. There's a a collection, really, of verses that are quoted from verse 16 through 18. And it even says, be separate from them. And we know from 1 Corinthians, this does not mean you should not interact at all with unbelievers. Now, you'd have to go out of this world to do that. And 1 Corinthians, again, makes very clear that that's not what we are called to do. We are in the world, but not of the world. But even though it's not quoted there, the, the words there remind me of things even that are said in the Psalms, like Psalm 1. Uh, the blessed man does not walk in the way of uh, sinners. He doesn't sit in the seat of scoffers, right? That's not the path that he's going. Or Psalm 15, in his eyes, the righteous man's eyes, a vile person is despised, but he honors those who fear the Lord. We're not pursuing the things of the world. We're not yoking ourselves to the world. So this could be a good opportunity for you to say, hey, are there relationships or are there partnerships or are there just influences in my life that I would say, yeah, that kind of fits that description of unequally yoked where I'm trying to go one way, but I am bound to someone or something that is pulling me the other way. And that would be a good application and a thought question for you to think through in response to 2 Corinthians 6. But again, the big picture I want you to think about from here, widen your hearts. That won't be comfortable. But for the sake of the gospel, it will be worth it. 
Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.